0: So Alec, yep, the Cavs even the series at one-one against the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. But you know what? What? Good teams win, and great teams cover. Let's go. And the Cavs could not cover Pacers. Man, they're keeping it tight. And even after the Cavs six start like what forty points in a row for LeBron, <laughs> something like that, uh, they came back, made it tight. Cavs got a
1: well-needed win at home.
0: You enjoying the series though?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd like it more if LeBron would lose. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> you might get what you wish for. Quick,
1: uh, quick question before we go. Yeah. Uh, do you think it means more for the Cavs that they won a close game, or means more for the Pacers that they kept it close in the second game?
0: I honestly think the Pacers keeping it close was pretty big. If they got blown out, it could have been demoralizing. But I think,
1: I think it actually helps the Cavs, but okay.
0: Oh, they got the confidence in the closed game? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. But we're also going to talk about the Knicks head coaching situation, okay. and of course, we're going to talk about a bunch of Mets and Yankees for this podcast, because sure. a lot of stuff's happening in the world of New York baseball. Some good, some bad Got a lot to dive into. Sign me up. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast, though. And what should everyone do right now?
1: Like, subscribe, rate, and review.
0: I was just going to say, stay tuned. Sports Block New York podcast. Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento. So, What's up, my man? Uh, like Alec said before, don't 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 feel bad. Don't be bashful. Subscribe, rate, and review if you like. Tell us what you think. Give us a take. I don't know. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Definitely subscribe so you can learn when we got episodes because we got NBA playoffs, NFL draft next week, Mets and Yankees. Really getting into the heart of the season almost, kinda. Uh, but it's a lot going on. So subscribe to Sports Block New York podcast. You can listen to people like me and Alec Argento talk about sports. And we're gonna get to the Mets and Yankees in a moment. But I want to talk about quickly with the Cavs stuff. Was this just like a typical LeBron game where he was like, you know what, I'm I'm the best. I'm gonna win this game.
1: How could he be the best if Jeff Green is on his team? Because <laughs> he's better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't like when LeBron wins, but you can't deny his when he puts up forty. Was it forty six today? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's... I mean, I know I'm gonna sound like a flat, but like if, if there was there there was the LeBron James points over under. How did we not think to just mash that over? Like, we knew he was going to come out Firing. Even if the Pacers won the game, which is possible, I just like how did we knew we knew? Just like Russell Westbrook was going to get over sixteen rebounds, yeah. We should have known. <laughs> yeah. We should have known LeBron was dropping. Did 40, you talk right? about that on the pod? I didn't. I don't know. I forget. That's, I, I that's think, so great. I think Delphi might have talked about it. <laughs>
1: that's so great. He was boxing out his own guys to <laughs> get those sixteen rebounds. Dude, he love. had he had thirteen
0: rebounds in like the second quarter. It was, it's <laughs> it's, it's it was incredible. It's insane.
1: How could you not love Westbrook? <laughs> and just,
0: then me- mellow with that like little half smirk that we know too well in New York, just like. Yeah, he steals rebounds.
1: Let's go – we're we're currently watching the game. You'll know the decision of this game – uh, before we do, about, right or after? I don't
0: know. No, I mean it. It might yeah. be over by the time we finish yeah. recording. But uh, uh,
1: but let's go. Let's go Thunder. Let's go Melo a playoff win.
0: I'm I'm into it. I think playoff Paul Paul George is such a real thing. I've been saying that on the pod like crazy. He's been insane. Russell Westbrook's Russell Westbrook. And if Paul George and Melo play decent, his ten for twenty five performance doesn't look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so before we talk about LeBron and the Cavs and their actual chances to win the series, can I
1: just say this? Sure. Victor Oladipo. Has been, like, insane. He's going to take them Ola deep in the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> Woo.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That was that was cringeworthy, but also funny.
1: I don't think it was cringeworthy. I think it was pretty dope. <laughs> I think it was pretty cool, but a cool guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy for real, though. LeBron James, during this game, decided, like, I have to guard him because no one else can. And he was still taking Brown Braun right to the rack, and that that's goddamn impressive for a guy who, when he was close to being a number one on his team in the past, in the past, you know, on the Magic, obviously not with Westbrook, he was bad. And then with Westbrook, he got lost in the shuffle, and now he's been his own guy this entire year. This is why you and can't
1: give up on a on a prospect two years into the league. It's true,
0: and that's gonna come into play later when we talk about the Knicks and their their coaching hire. Uh, so fun game with the Cavs and Pacers. Pacers made it real close. We're gonna talk more about the Cavs' chances later on. But another thing quick on the Knicks head coach before I move to Mets Yankees. We learned tonight while we were watching the Cavs game, uh, and the Mets, shout out Mets, that Kenny Smith, TNT personality, not Chuck, not Shaq, not Ernie, Two time
1: NBA champion. Facts.
0: Kenny Smith, two time NBA champ. He is gonna be getting an interview with the Knicks for the head coaching position, joining, you know, Fizdale, Mark Jackson, Jerry Stackhouse, amongst some others. What was your uh rapid reaction to that?
1: I'm, I total. I'm totally in on it. I, I want the Knicks. I I didn't think uh, Hornacek was a bad coach. I didn't think they should have let him go. But if they want to get their guy in there, uh, I want them, and especially because the Knicks are in bad shape right now, I think we should all admit that there's a very solid chance Porzingis never really does anything in the oh, NBA. Come yet. on, dude. You don't. Oh, gotta, let's be honest. With you me. don't got to bring that up in no. the when the open. We're not getting deep into <laughs> things until later on that. Well, we're getting deep into. It. We're getting. Deep. Oh my god. But you're in a bad spot right now, right? Get somebody who has a long leash, who's going to be here for a while, who can grow with the team, instead of having a revolving door at this uh, on uh, this team. Uh, you know, what, what have we had? Five head coaches in the past five years or something like that? Close,
0: close to. We've had five in the past, like maybe seven years. Yeah. Or four, or something like that.
1: How do you expect? Do you wait, do you count Kurt Ramis? Of course I count Kurt Ramis. Then uh, five, yes. Of course I count Kurt Ramis. But th- that's something we're not really talking about. Thank God he's gone. Wait,
0: yeah. So what's more important? Getting a new head coach and not Jeff Hornacek you or mean getting a defensive rid of Kurt
1: guru, Ramis? Kurt Ramis? <laughs> Good defensive coordinator. Screw that guy. <laughs> Sheesh.
0: Oh my god. Um. So Kenny Smith excites you a little bit. You like where their heads at, is basically. It's, yeah, what I'm it's hearing.
1: not even that Kenny. I don't. I mean, Kenny Smith could be bad, but I want someone that can afford to be a little bad. You know what I mean? I don't want. I don't want recycled garbage from somebody else. I you want, want a
0: culture setter who can grow with the team, a la Brett Brown, a la Kenny Atkinson.
1: Right, and, and I don't, and I want someone who's a little bit removed too. Like the, the reason the Derek Fisher thing didn't work out, and. To a lesser extent, Jason Kidd was because you, you're coming in as a player as a coach instead of coming in as a coach. You know, uh, Kenny Smith. It, it could be you know that 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 uh, that 2K crew is getting a little thin these days. I mean, we lost Steve Carr, We're going to lose Kenny Smith to the Knicks. And, oh my gosh! Yeah. I know
0: for real. It's actually kind of it's, it's a little crazy. It's going to be weird if Kenny Smith's not there. Like, who are they going to put? They're probably going to have a revol- revolving door. Maybe Isaiah Thomas, which Oof. would be which would be weird for Knicks fans. Oof. <laughs> uh, I, I do agree though. I like where the you Knicks. You the GM out. of the
1: Liberty? President of Basketball Operations <laughs> of the New York Liberty at
0: Thomas? After running the Knicks into the ground, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, no, I feel you. Culture setter, grow with the team, uh, opportunity to f- to fail but grow. So, it's interesting, and we're going to talk about all those candidates later. But without further ado, it's also baseball season. So, I mentioned um, when Duff and I did uh, the weekend pod, the Monday episode, was strictly basketball. And I apologized to baseball fans. And I said, listen, I know you guys are really passionate. You love baseball. You love your Mets and Yankees. It's a long season, and I know there's a lot to talk about right now, currently, but it's also the playoffs in the NBA, and it's a big deal. It's been really fun. So I pushed it off. All right. I pushed it off, but now we're back to talk baseball. So (laughs) my guest, Mr. Alec Argento, I'm going to leave it up to you. Where do you want to start this conversation? With the Mets and their uh, early success, late struggle despite the win last night, or the Yankees
1: just fluttering? Well, I have a feeling it's going to be the same conversation, because every time you bring up the Mets and... Anything good that they're doing or to compare it to the Yankees? Because that's how my world works. And just, vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> when you bring up the
0: Yankees, I'll be like, yeah, but the Mets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, by the way, Pete's been super into baseball this year, and I'm hyped about it.
0: I've been pretty in. I've been as in as I could during the NBA
1: playoffs. Yeah. Not going to lie. I've
0: been as in as I could while also staying up until one thirty to watch Portland Trailblazers versus the New Orleans Pelicans,
1: which was a fantastic game the God, other day. God bless. Shout out playoff Rondo. Wow. Blazers. Must be some money on that, <laughs> <of> that, <laughs> that, that, that minus five. Jeez. Uh, continue though. <laughs> All right,
0: so the juxtaposition actually is a good place to start. So it's a good point by you. The Mets come off to this screaming start. Uh, they're thirteen and two, and then they lose the first two games of this year against the Nationals, and things look they kind of flip to looking bad pretty quickly. But yet they have this little cushion, so it can really make Mets fans calm down. Obviously, the big win uh, against the Nationals just last night. The Yankees, on the other hand, have just been like really fluttering, and like that's the best word I can think because every time there's a moment for the Yankees where they look up and like Judge has a great moment or Didi has a great moment, which there's been plenty of. You see Stanton just absolutely struggle. You see Boone not pulling the right strings, and you see the bullpen struggling, which is supposed to be such a big strength for you guys. So what are you more worried about at this point, the Mets not being able to sustain the hot start or the Yankees being able to flip the script?
1: Um, I I think it's important that the Mets got this f- far ahead, right? So they have a nice... This cushion allows them... They're not going to be this way for the rest of the season. There's no way Adrian Gonzalez and Jose Reyes... Jose Reyes still doesn't have a hit on the season, right?
0: He hasn't done, no, no. He yeah. actually had a horrendously bad at-bat the other day. It right. was, like, actually embarrassing. But well, Azubo Cabrera's been insane.
1: Right. And, and and I don't think the way that the the, the bullpen's being used is going to... People are going to get hurt and people are just not going to be effective towards the end of the season, yada, yada, yada. You're burning people for one at-bat and whatever. Um, but... I know pe- people like to not make a big deal about the beginning of the season. I think people should make more of a big... Be- well, not more of a big deal. People should make a big deal about the beginning of the season because you may not lose your season. You may not be able to win win the World Series in April, but you can lose the season in April. Uh, if you get too far behind the eight ball, I remember what, what, what the Yankees did that two years ago, uh, w- the year that they like when Gary Sanchez and all of them came up, uh, they were just they you know they were chasing back to five hundred the entire year and then having to come back from there.
0: And the great so, the great second half got lost because exactly. they, they had so, a bad start.
1: Exactly. So the Mets have this nice luxury, and you know it could be. Like, I think the like the Reds were like twelve and two last year to start the season. They obviously didn't play well for the rest of the season, but you start off on a good note. You have a good culture for a new head coach and everything like that, a new manager. Uh, they're in a good spot. Uh, even if, even if they don't keep this up for much longer, you have, uh, a division that's not what people thought they were gonna be. Shout out me for thinking this was gonna break down exactly how it did when I said the Nationals are not gonna be that good and the Mets and the Phillies are gonna be pretty good. Um, no big deal.
0: Yeah, shout out you. No, we're, we're all we're all for self shout outs <laughs> recently. Uh, Duffy gave himself a big self shout out the other day. I I, I followed it up with a self shout out of my own.
1: My my baseball predictions are always really good.
0: Last year you actually were pretty damn spot on. I'm really good with baseball. You really defense. were. You you were like skeptic on the Mets and uh high on the Yankees, which was Sounded like a Yankee-Homer take?
1: I was talking about Aaron Judge being an all-star when he wasn't looking like he was making the team.
0: When no. people weren't sure he was starting day one. Yeah. And I, I was here. We, it was on this podcast. Go yeah. look it up if you, if you was, really care. I think it was it, the first episode
1: you know. we did. It was really
0: early on, for sure. Um, so, you, you know, I'll give you that credit. Shout out to you. That's fair. Um, and I knew you were going to say this because I, I really I appreciate this point. You say it every year since I've known you. That you may not be able to win the season in April, but you can lose it in April. You say that all the time, and it's, it's so true. And and the thing about people making a big deal or not making a big deal out of it, I feel like it's this really polarizing topic where like some people are in p- full panic mode yeah. in the first two weeks, and then everybody else is like, come on, it's only April, it doesn't right. matter. And there's no one in between like, this matters... But it's also time to fix it. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? But that's like the real, that's the sweet spot, which most people never find. And because there's been people freaking out, don't get me wrong. People people are booing Giancarlo Stanton like oh, crazy. You.
1: you should boo Giancarlo Stanton.
0: I, all right. I want to get into this because I get into
1: it. I, I'm prepared to die on this hill. Where, uh, where, what is
0: your benefit of? booing Giancarlo Stanton as a Yankee To fan. voice
1: my opinion to, to maybe force to force Boone into a situation where you realize you know what Girardi would do in this situation and and I I don't want to sell I'm not a revisionist history guy. I always loved Girardi. and I thought he, he should, As did yeah. I Girardi, when when Roldis Chapman who's making what is he making like 18 million dollars a year was struggling, he put him into the, he was put him in the 6th inning. Giancarlo Stanton is horrible at Yankee Stadium right now. He is like like historically bad at Yankee Stadium. And when you know, I'm not too worried what I'm not too worried at the beginning of the season when Gary Sanchez is batting horribly because we know what Gary Sanchez has done his entire career with the Yankees. When you're playing in the Marlins where there's no pressure on ever, it's a totally different animal than coming here. John Carlos Stan is clearly in his own head now. We're in his head as fans. And Boone needs to recognize that and, and, and give him a little ego check and push yeah, him down but a little bit. That's
0: exactly my point. Like I'm gonna use your words from before we started recording against you right now, where you said clearly we're bothering him. Tell like, you that in private. <laughs> clearly Yankee fans are bothering him right now and they're in his head. They're making him think. They're making him get frustrated. So like that's w- there's the there's the lack of benefit right there. You personally said that the fans are affecting Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, so at the baby So him? where's the positive of that? So so I got to baby him. No, just, I don't know, man. Give him the silent treatment or something.
1: Like, who, uh, no, because you know what? You need to know. Why, the, why are you he has so to important know that, that pressure. your boo matters? It's not, it's not me. It's He needs to know that, first of all, f- that, that belittles, like, fanship. And fanship is already silly, if you think about it.
0: It is silly. That's my point.
1: Yeah, but, but just being a fan in general. So you, it, th- th- I don't like that argument, because even though it's silly, it's still something that everyone does in sports. Fair. Um, Fine, I'll allow it. Stanton needs to understand that he is a very integral part of this team, right? And and you know, people also forget like Starlin Castro wasn't on paper as good as, as Giancarlo Stanton, but Starlin Castro was a good player and played really well for in Yankee Stadium. People like he, liked he him was
0: a, a get your job done guy.
1: Yeah. So you lost all of his production, and you're not getting any of it back so far. Um, and. He's just a rally killer. You have Judge and Gardner and DeDe and Sanchez doing what they're supposed to be doing, and in the middle, you have a guy who grounds it to every double play, uh, or strikes out, or pops it up. He needs to be better. And you know, in New York, you don't have the luxury, especially with the Yankees. I know people say that with the Mets, it's not the same with the Mets because it's it, close. It's a close. It's a close. Like it's, it's close, but it's worse with the Yankees.
0: It's like playing for the Mets is not the same as playing for the Royals, but. It's not quite the Yankees. Exactly.
1: Fair. It, you need to know that you have this expectation on you, and if you're here for 10 years, it's actually better for him to get indoctrinated into it now because it's not going anywhere.
0: He will... I guess I guess that's the one thing I'll commend Yankee fans on because I I could be critical of Yankee fans here. If he is good for two years after this, right, and then in his third or fourth year or whatever, he has this horrible slump again, Yankee fans will boom again. So that's fair. You guys are consistent. But at the same it's point... It's happened
1: to everyone. It's hap- it, hap- it happened to Didi. It happened, happened to A-Rod. Yeah, yeah. Well, Irv kind of got booed his entire career. Yeah. <laughs> but it happened to Tino. Happened to Giambi. Although Giambi got booed a lot too. Uh, and it happened to Didi. And you know, what? who's to say? I'm not saying. You know, this this is just a correlation instead of a causation. Who's to say Didi gets you know good with that that pressure from getting booed in the first uh, couple of weeks? Sure,
0: I'll I'll allow <laughs> that too. I have no argument against it. I guess I, I'm, not, I'm not
1: saying, but I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I, I have no argument against it. That's that's fair. It's just for me. It's like this is supposed to be your guy, and he, he wanted fans to care. He's gonna be your guy. He
1: wanted fans to he care. He went from
0: having the only criticism in Miami for teams that didn't matter it was like Dan Lebitard's dad calling him the Whiffer, yeah, like jokingly, like I in everybody strikes out, like. But now he has Yankee media on him, yeah. That's
1: and insane. national media because you were the MVP last story. year. You forced this trade. You wanted this. He turned down two other teams. Yeah. He he wanted this. He really kind of put forth—he turned out the Red Sox pretty much, too, even though that wasn't officially a deal in place. He wanted this. You want this, you got this. Now, time to show up, nut up or shut up, because you have been horrible. You He hasn't been mediocre. He's been horrible. And when you're this integral to the team and you're losing, it's because of you. And I, I it's mostly because of Boone, and my opinion. When you're opinion. 500, you should say? we're 500 against really crappy teams. We've played one good team so far. And you got crushed by the Marlins. <laughs> That's, yeah, we, we did. We got crushed by the Marlins. That sound good? There were probably
0: like the, the 12 Marlins fans watching that who are really happy, by the way. and, and, That's, and Maybe like 15.
1: A, and a lot of it's... That game, I'm not, I'm going to take that as an isolated isolate incident because they lost that game for a reason they don't typically lose. They haven't lost their games for. They lost that game because of really bad defense. And then once it starts to unravel, then teams kind of just give up. This team, the way the bullpen is being managed, and I've always said this too, I, I we were talking about this a little bit before, and I've said it on the pod, being a manager, people don't give enough credit to how difficult being a manager is. because, Especially re- with analytics right now. Because people rely too much on analytics. I was listening to something about Buck Showalter, I think they were saying it on the broadcast, Buck Show- Showalter looks at analytics, but when he needs to make a decision, he goes with his gut. That's and that's the way it should be. And you're a guy who doesn't always love Buck Walter too. So I hate Buck Walter, but he but he knows baseball, right? And he's had you know he's had a, he's, I, I think he's done now. I don't think he's as good as he used to be. But but that's the way you need to handle it. Like Ty goes through the gut. Exactly, exactly. And and you know it's
0: like think about this. You know, like especially with Brian Cashman, right? So Brian Cashman mm-hmm. comes into your office and is like, "Yo, Aaron." Like, if you bet... I'm just going to make something up. DD needs to bat second. This data is, like, screaming that this is going to work and this is going to be really great long-term. It's like, all right, <laughs> I guess I, I can't not do this. Right. But if, you're, if you guys are talking about something, it's like, oh, the analytics says this, but I really like this, and it's pretty close... That's what you're saying. Like, yeah. that moment needs to be gut. It needs to be taking risks. It needs to be... Right,
1: and you're going to screw up sometimes. Right. I, that's what I always said about Girardi. Kind of like, like what... Right, well, let me use Mickey Calloway. Sure, you said, yeah.
0: As an example. We're going back and forth with the Mets and Yankees here. Mickey Calloway uh, did a squeeze bunt the other day. Yeah. New new baseball doesn't squeeze bump. No. That's not a thing. Right. Like That's not, Terry Collins would never do something like that. And it's not a huge thing right now, but he was like, we can steal, we can steal a run right so now. They're not expecting it. And it worked. Yeah. And it's great. Should he do that every time? No. Definitely not. Like, he shouldn't do that every time, but if you mix that thing in, it works the right way, <laughs> it's momentum, and that doesn't reach the paper from statistics.
1: But you know but you know what's important, and this is what the Mets are doing so well, and I, I just keep screaming it to you off the podcast, but situational hitting is important. And you know how you set your, your team up right for them to capitalize? The lineup needs to be tuned direct, correctly. You need to put people that are going to bat around each other, you know? And, and that's not really what, that's what the Mets have going on right now. I mean you want to suspect it has been significantly worse than 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 Stan. If, he won if, you two games.
0: It, and also if the Mets weren't you know starting the season 13 and three now I guess they're 14 and five or something like that.
1: Yeah but this uh, isn't really in his own head.
0: Right. But also like if they weren't 14 and five it'd be like yo Cespedes yeah. step up bro. Yeah. Like step up but this season can slip quick yeah he'd be the same thing it'd be cut in half for john Stanton because he's not changing team he has not get paid for 10 years for 30 million dollars right. even though has a big contract the whole nine the situation for john carlo is really just the perfect storm of, of badness for him and also let me add this part of the reason why it's such a big deal right now for him struggling is not just because he's not super productive it's because he's physically looked uncomfortably bad at the plate, right. And, and but, sorry. Do you think this has something to do with it? One more thing, because I heard this take today. I forget who I heard it from. So maybe on Wing or some some guy, <laughs> um, which is not a good source. But whatever, I heard him say it was a good idea. I'm taking it. John <coughs> Carlos Stanton, it, or it was Jason Stark actually on the Mike K show? Sorry, John Carlos Stanton is used there to there playing is. right uh, playing right field, playing in warm weather. He is now not just switching to playing
1: a lot of cold He's weather early in, warm in the weather. season. weather. He's playing
0: in a dome. Well, either way, controlled weather. Now he's playing DH, which if you ask a baseball player, like I was never a guy, I was never a DH in my career because I was better at fielding probably than hitting. But people who I know were DH on my team, some of them loved it. And they loved just like chilling in the dugout. Oh, they're getting up in like four or five batters. Let me go get loose. I'll take swings in between innings, you know? Some guys are like, I really don't like it. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel in a rhythm. I'm not in the like in the zone of the game throughout the game. And that could be part of the adjustment for him as well. Like He's not getting anything to warm up. He's not feeling a part of the game. He has no time to like zone out in the outfield and just focus on defense. He's, uh,
1: he's played plenty There's, of the field. He's played like five games in, at DH. He's played plenty of field. He, that's fair. He's played some left field, H- Hicks, which is also Hicks, new for him. Hicks was hurt. And he and DH he for like the, half he, the time. He wasn't DH at all. He was playing the field every day. So he's been
0: DHing for like half the season so far. Not even. But do you think that Probably a quarter of the do you season. think that has effect when he's DHing?
1: No, I think he's just a mental midget. I really do. I <laughs> oh I, I, I think I think I think that he's and, and you can't tell me otherwise because he's never done anything to prove that otherwise. He's never had a situation to be. And I, I said this as soon as he had that press conference. Uh, and I was worried because he speaks his mind, right? Someone who speaks his mind means that they let things get to them.
0: I can go one of two ways.
1: means they let things get to them. Right. And if, if things are getting to them, it's going to get a lot worse in Miami when there's five people showing up to the games than it is when every you know news outlet... Because the Yankees aren't just New York media. They're national media. Nobody cares about Miami. It was fun to watch John Giancarlo in It's actually
0: runs. like an active joke of how no one cares about Miami. Exactly. <laughs> it's,
1: and it's easy to do things when the pressure's off. And... You you can see how I'm talking right now. I'd say 99 percent of Yankee fans feel the same way. Every game, every game matters. You want you need to win every game. And obviously, that's unrealistic, but you need to have that that ma- that attitude. Because from the player standpoint, what do you mean? Because let's
0: juxtapose that. <laughs> let's swing it back to Mickey Callaway. This is a criticism of Mickey Callaway so far, and you talked about before of his bullpen use and uh, Aaron. Oh Boone's, yeah, I agree. With Aaron you. Boone's ma- bullpen use so hasn't been specifically good either. So it's like when you when you have a bullpen, you have a few guys who are specifically better than the others. You still can't throw them every game. If right. you're on a super hot streak and like this is your uh, one or two run eight inning guy, but he just pitched two days in a row, you got to make a change. You got to sure. give someone else a go. So yeah. from the manager standpoint, yeah, you got to play to win the game, but you also got to play to win tomorrow. For sure. If you're a player, it matters all day, every day. Yeah. And that was one of the criticisms with Cespedes. And I, but th- I don't think that's the problem with Giancarlo Stanton right now. I just think he's pressing because he wants to do so well. It's not like he's not trying or looks lazy out there.
1: I, I think he rested on his on his like uh, on his history a little bit when he got here for the first week or two, and and he also, you know, we started the the series on the road, uh, the the season on the road, and he had some pretty instant success, and everyone was you know. On the uh, the Stanton hype train, which they already were from the off season. Like, I mean, they, how
0: like, weird is it that he actually had two home runs in the first game? of the season? I, I, how forgettable! I was is worried
1: that? about Judge. I was like, oh, Judge is you know maybe I don't know how he's going to handle this. Judge has been he's looked incredible. By the way, he's looked better he's than looked he did, significantly last year, better, which is than insane. What, what's crazy too is like I know people are worried about like the home run rate. Right? This dude's getting on base. This dude is oh, he's got like a five hundred on base percentage so far, and he's played I think every. I don't think he's had an off day yet. You think he's played every game? Well, he's
0: had to because you're you're so so uh your so-called outfield depth dwindled very quickly early on in the year too. Uh, uh, he's, wait, he's also just really really good at right field.
1: Who Judge? Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, what did Stans expect when he came here? You're not gonna take right field from Judge, no. And, uh, no, pe- I
0: don't think he expected that though.
1: So so he was always gonna be a DH. He he. We've given him opportunity to be in left field. Maybe it's a little bit quick, but he's not even looked close to being good. And Judge played center field, and you know Judge hasn't played center field since college. Judge looked pretty decent in center field. He looked great, look serviceable. That's does, what we want to does, understand. We want him to look serviceable, not bad. He looks worse than Chris Bryan out there in left field.
0: Does it ever make you, like, not sad, I don't know if that's the right word, but do you ever think about our Aaron Judge's age and kind of think like, damn, like, Bryce Harper is younger than him. Like, he's Mike's Trout, Mike Trout's
1: age. Sorry, we're going to trade Stan in the offseason and get Br- Bryce Harper. Oh, fall. man. Come on with that garbage. No, <laughs> no, it's not. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, I feel bad because I always hate when, um, w- when sports. Talk people talk about the team that's doing poorly instead of the team that's doing great. And it makes so much sense, though. Yeah, but why? I was I I, I listen to like Benigo or Roberts, and like the Yankees were in the World Series, and they still talk about the Mets. I, I think you can't take away with the Mets. The Mets have looked great. The Mets have looked. They've come back every game. You got to feel awesome about that, don't and, you?
0: And you know the the exact. This is exactly this is a great point actually because I listen to Michael K show every day, and Mets fans were calling in and like oh, getting sad. mad at Don McGregor or Michael K or the show the whole show saying. Oh, the Mets are uh, twelve and two, and we're talking about the Yankees struggling. Like, why can't we get some shout for the Mets? And they're talking, why not? You know, you got to talk about what you can fix instead of what's going well. You kind of just mention what's going well, and then the Mets had two bad games, and they talked so much Mets the next, yeah. the next day because there's yeah. more to talk about. Yeah, that's why there's so much to talk about with the Knicks a lot of times until they end up just actively taking. But like when the Knicks are uh, still fourteen and fourteen, which happened the past like two seasons, they've been in the playoffs for the first twenty-five games. There's a lot to talk about. It's like, oh my god. Is this guy good enough to be in the rotation? Can they play defense? Can they do this? And then they're 19 and uh, 32, and it's like, ah, eh, who the fuck cares? So, bad teams
1: are just more interesting when you care about it. Yeah, and early on, until it gets too much, and then you give up. <laughs> and then you just move on. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't <laughs> listen. I don't expect the Yankees to be under 500 or anything like that, but it's just, you know, this season had so much hype, and I was worried about that to begin with. I just hate... I said that, too. I, yeah, was, I was saying it on this podcast sure. multiple
0: times. When the hype gets high... I always pull back my anticipation my yeah. my
1: expectation just a little bit you have to. But you're acting like I, like I, I I didn't say the same thing. I'm not like, talking about oh, you, yeah, but
0: Phil DeMeo, Mike Palmisano on this podcast, Phil was pretty Phil was pretty rational, but Mike was like pumping him up. I mean, Yankee fans across Twitter, across callers from the radio stations, Michael K literally asked this question to Brian Cashman. He said, "All right, Brian. Now that you got John Carlos Stanton this big move, having a great offseason added some good pieces, do you feel like you can relax now?" And he had the best answer of all time. He said no. Because right now, all the New York Yankees are are the AL wildcard winners who made it to the uh, the the um, American League Championship. Yeah. My goal is to win the division. And until we do win the division, I'm not relaxing. And like that is the most amazing leadership answer you can have. Yeah, and then and he that's goes why he, Aaron Boone. That's too. why he's great. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about that. We haven't talked about Aaron Boone too much yet. <laughs> most people are saying bad things right now. But then there's a, a good amount of people who are saying, come on, it's his first 20 games, let him get his feet wet, you and going You don't have
1: the luxury to get your feet wet. Why, well,
0: all right, so why why do you think, why are you sold that he's not a good manager right now?
1: Because you are. Uh, yeah, because he has no idea how to manage the bullpen. He, 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 he inexplicably leaves people in too long, and he takes people out too long. He... Clearly, our offense is struggling. Our offense should never struggle with the lineup that we have. I don't even care about the injuries. It should still never struggle. And he keeps the same lineup out there every day. Neil Walker has been atrocious. Tyler Wade has been horrible, too. But you, you, you got to be able to plug and play with the, with the two of them and, and see who can get the better hits, and neither of them ever get the right hits. Yeah. Um, you got to be able to switch, stand down a little bit, and have the balls to do that. He doesn't have the balls to do that. He's, he's well. He might do it now. Yeah, after after the, after three weeks into the season, you got to be able to pull that trigger a little bit. You know, the first couple of weeks are for you to play around with things, not stick with your guns because you decided oh, this is the best thing to do. I'm going to let it play out. A little. You have that's when you have the luxury to fix things is to play around with it in the beginning. Um, but wait, what? Because can't you also argue that if you're playing around
0: with things early on? It's like, you're not sticking with your guns, you don't let it settle, you start playing around, that also doesn't work, and then you go back to your original? Isn't that kind of bad, though?
1: No, because you tried something. So, you need to be able to figure out what the issue is and fix it. I have seen no difference in at this point from when he first started the season. I don't see any difference. He's done the same mistakes every game. And... You know, a lot of this stuff can can be attributed to, like, defense. Defense has been pretty bad this year. We have a lot of errors. I think we have the most in the baseball, or the second most. That's an Aaron Judge problem? I mean, Aaron Boone problem? No, no that's what I'm saying. That's not his fault. But you, our offense is our—what our, our, are our biggest strengths?
0: Offense and bullpen, te-
1: and they, te- technically. And they've been the weakest parts of our team. They've been the by far the weakest parts of our team, and then he you know he says things like oh we're not gonna have personal catchers. Sonny Gray needs a personal catcher. Sonny Sonny Gray needs to have Austin Romine as a catcher. That's fine, gives you the the opportunity to give Sanchez the day off and everything, and and, and you know I just I, I don't see any any change in him or want to change in his ways. And I'm sure it's difficult. It's not an easy job. I, I don't ex- I never expect him to be good, but I w- I need someone who's going to be.
0: You know? It's just so hard for me. It's the same for Mickey Callaway.
1: Because, like, no expectations on Mickey But
0: right now, he's getting some praise, some criticism on the bullpen, and um, some criticism on some comments, but nothing crazy. That's also been a three-week thing. But Mickey so Callaway is like, a coach. If, like, hold on. In mid-May or by the end of May, if the Yankees and the Mets have the same record, say they're both, you know, six, seven games above five hundred, right? By end of May. Then what? Like, who is Mickey Calloway still an uh, a a minus B plus and Boone still a D plus? Like, yeah, <laughs> is that how that works? That doesn't seem fair. Well, no,
1: I can't. I can't just generalize. I have to see how they get to that point. If they rally people and they go on a nice streak or something like that. But this, this, my worry with, with Boone wasn't that he was never a manager before. I don't like the idea of having a manager and having uh, that was used before and was recycled trash. Mickey Calloway and like Alex Cora, they were. Good, co- good coaches on good teams before they got here. Right. Aaron Boone had no experience at all. You can't just jump into it. It doesn't work like that in, in baseball. It does not. It never will.
0: Well, this might be a good segue
1: yeah. to,
0: to the New York Knicks. Sure. And their head coaching uh, search, I'll call it here. So, last closing thoughts on the Mets and Yankees. If I said to you, like I just mentioned, I'm just going to pick a random day. May 25th. It's too late to
1: uh, tell earlier. All right, uh, first week in May. Okay,
0: first week in May ends. Do the Yankees come close to
1: the same record as the Mets? No. No, I think the Mets. I think the Mets have a good. Uh,
0: so you think the Mets hover where they're near, and the Yankees
1: where? Where Where do they go? They hover where they're near. I don't. I don't see anything because I think the Mets dip down a little bit. I don't see the Yankees going above or below, and the. The Yankees have such a, have had such an easy schedule outside of the Red Sox series. It's such an easy schedule. They should have the Red Sox record.
0: Sorry, I just got distracted because Donovan Mitchell just went for like a crazy reverse layup and Russell Westbrook swatted it, but they called the fouls. Cra- crazy. This game right now, as we speak, we're about to talk about the Knicks. It's uh, 95-93 with two minutes left. So uh, you already know who won this game, but we don't. So we'll probably react in about uh, 10 minutes. But moving on to the Knicks, I think it's a good place to start. Uh, with the, with maybe the candidate that people are talking about most. Let's talk about him. And that's Mark Jackson. So quick backstory in case the listeners here don't know. Mark Jackson is the coach of the Warriors. I think everyone knows that.
1: Also played for the Knicks.
0: He also played for the Knicks. He also from New York, if you haven't heard that. I
1: actually didn't know he's from New
0: York. He's from, he's from Queens. So he is the hot commodity, according to Knicks fans. So personally, when I
1: hear while he's been out, of, he's been out of coaching for the past how many years? Four years. Yeah. So if you, he's the hot commodity, right?
0: He's the hot commodity for Knicks fans. Some would say he's been the hot commodity to become the coach since he hasn't been the Warriors' coach, which is fair. I get it. Nostalgia. It really means something, to Knicks fans, to bring back the old Knicks spirit, that '90s Knicks feel, that whole vibe. My problem with that, Alec, I wanted a Knicks coach to move us forward. I don't want to go into the past of the Knicks. That's why I'm even hesitant about Van Gundy, who's not as available as Mark Jackson seems to be, to become the coach. Oh, he's available.
1: They just don't want him.
0: Well, I think there's part of it. There's been rumblings that Van Gundy doesn't want to step on Mark Jackson's toes. He knows how much it means to him to get to try to get this job. But whatever. Either way, both of those candidates don't excite me because I don't want to go back, Alec. I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. I want to go with a coach that is in with the new NBA, the new style. And there are some coaches out there, including Jerry Stackhouse, who's been working his way through the G League. This guy wants to be a head coach, and he went to the G League, humbled himself to become a coach. Did he have any coaching experience before that? Assistant, assistant job. Okay. So Stackhouse excites me. Fizdale, I'm lukewarm. Mike Woodson, I'm lukewarm. Happy gets the interview. But what do you feel about Mark Jackson and Van Gundy and the whole bring back the Knicks guy?
1: I'm with you that I don't want to. I don't want recycled trash. I don't want that. I want someone who has the opportunity to go into this a little cold, but as long as they have a big leash. This is different than my Yankees idea because the Yankees had expectations, you know? Um, Kenny Smith, for example, I don't mind that he doesn't have coaching experience because he's been removed from the league, he clearly knows his basketball and X's and O's and good player and everything. I think being a good player matters a lot or being on championship teams matters a lot too when you're a coach. Um, With... Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, they didn't work out. They didn't work out for specific reasons, and they got replaced by people— well, at least Mark Jackson did—by someone who changed the NBA, essentially. Who who brought a team that was doing good to all-time. Right. And changed their offense and defense significantly to what has revolutionized the NBA. So, clearly— he literally got. He was, there was an evolution directly from him, and you don't devolve from there. I'm uh, out on Mark Jackson. Quick number for you. Sure, I looked this up because I was curious about how the
0: Warriors' offense changed when it went to Kerr. And some people may hear this and say, "Well, the league changed." Remember, remember why the league changed. Okay, him. when Mark Jackson gave up the coach, uh, got got let go as the coach of the Warriors. Steve Kerr came in, and over two years. The Warriors shot first year more than a hundred more threes in the game in the season, and then the next over two hundred and fifty more threes in the season. They changed it. Steph Curry went from shooting five hundred threes a year to eight hundred threes. Eight hundred. Sure is a lot, Pete. It changed the game, and it was because Steve Kerr (coughs) allowed that defensive mindset. That Mark Jackson helped him still. I'm not going to take that away from him. They played deep, real defense, and that's large in part because of him. But Steve Kerr. Unlock their offense, and put them all in amazing situations to succeed. He really unlocked that team. And I'm not confident to say this is a dynasty if it stayed under Mark Jackson. I'm not confident saying that. Because he couldn't get along with front office. He wouldn't allow Jerry West into practice. You hear that? Sure. Jerry West is a big part of the Warriors. He's part of the front office, all that. He liked to go to practice. It's the NBA signal. Mark Jackson cut out the logo from just going to practice. He was a control guy. Front office people weren't allowed. It doesn't seem like something I even want to risk when I'm talking about one of the most volatile franchises in the past twenty five years.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I don't really understand the vitriol with which you speak about uh Mark Jackson. I don't think he's the worst candidate. Neither
0: do I. But I have to pick a side, and I'm no, I'm going against that sure. side. Sure.
1: I I I you know what. And I, I hate I hate him so much, but somebody who I think would be a perfect fit for the Knicks is is Jay Wright, who has been rumored a little bit, and he's <clears throat> over the years mostly been,
0: by Knicks people and fans.
1: <laughs> I've heard him make comments over the past couple of years about how you know it's it's a it's a very vaunted job. Pe- people act like oh who's gonna want to come to the Knicks? People still want to come to the Knicks. It's this, first of all coming to any being a head coach of any to team. to coach the Knicks. Too. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, being a head coach of any team is 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 is. is is one in 30. Yep. You know, uh, and someone coaches the Orlando Magic every year, believe right, it or not. <laughs> right. Exactly. And somebody, somebody out there, a lot of people want to be the guy who can fix the Knicks, who can be that guy that leads them back. Because a lot of people grew up being Knicks fans, too. They have this, you know, this affinity towards them. And they're, as much as we make fun of them all the time, they are one of the longest running teams with a big history to them. And. Pre- premier
0: franchise from the branding standpoint. Right.
1: So I just want someone because we're not going to be good next year. There's no shot. You know, even last year we were talking about how oh, maybe we could be a little uh, six seed or something like that. And we're, we also thought the East was a little weaker than it was. It is weaker than it is as weak as we thought. It, ah. No, the, the records are just inflated because the whole East sucks. Um, I just want somebody who has the ability to learn a little bit with the team that the team likes as a player's coach, uh, that they feel comfortable with. The culture that they're going to instill, uh, and regardless of who you pick, you got to be sh- you got to be damn sure that they're going to be here for more than two years.
0: So, so let's go to Jerry Stackhouse. Sure, I he, don't know enough about him. He's a guy who I do like, and I've been doing my research because I, when I heard the name, I heard his like top line backstory. I kind of liked it, and I didn't want to just go in blind and be like, "I love this guy; he's the next coach of the Knicks," because that would be kind of irresponsible. So, I started looking into his story and to how he got to where he is right now. And there's there's a bunch of coaches who he played for, who you look at as like goats of coaching. One being Dean Smith, that was his coach in college, right? Dean Smith, Rick Carlisle, uh, Eric Spolstra, Um, He's don't don't give me that look. He's been a very good coach. <laughs> Avery Johnson, and when he was in his later years, he played for the Brooklyn Nets for a little bit. Avery Johnson was his coach. He was an old guy. He wasn't playing very much.
1: I'm Not a big coaching tree he, guy. He became... In basketball. Whatever.
0: He became a, a player coach of sorts, and that's when he learned he wanted to become a coach. So what does this man do? He doesn't just take some bench job to sit next to a coach to make it look like he's a part of it and doing some things in practice and not really making decisions and sitting on a bench and being a being another guy on the bench like Patrick Ewing did for years. <laughs> Think about how long it took him to get a coaching job in college. Same for Sam Cassell. That man's been on a bench for years. Like it's hard to
1: get off the bench once you just sit on as an assistant for a while. I think if you're if you're a crappy coach, it's hard to get off the bench. I don't think Patrick Ewing's a good coach.
0: Fair enough. Like Luke Walton made his way off the bench pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quickly. <laughs> right. But he also was head coaching interim for like forty games. But yeah. anyway, Jerry Stackhouse took the decision upon himself to become a head coach at the G League level. Took crap pay, coached crap players, and he he molded. Three huge rotational pieces for the Toronto Raptors: Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, DeLon Wright. Guys who play big minutes for the Raptors, important roles. And I watched a bunch of videos. I kind of learned about his theories. He's he's a defense and and move the ball guy, and that's like that is the that is the NBA right now. Think about the teams that are the best in the league. Let's take out the Cats because they can't play defense. Knicks, Magic, Suns. Yeah, you think about the Warriors. You think about. um even like the, the Cavs, the, no, not the Cavs. Yeah. The Thunder, <laughs> the Rockets, all these teams now not only have these dynamic offenses, but top ten defenses. Defense is freaking important. I don't care what anybody says about uh, where the NBA true, is right now.
1: True, but those are all West teams, and I, I think in the East though, there's nobody like that. Yeah,
0: but think about how the Pacers are competing with one of the the best players in the league right now because they play hard, hard defense. The Utah Jazz. They play defense. They move the ball, yeah, and they the have Sixers an offensive. Looks like system. they're going to be
1: a force for a long time, and they have a
0: great defense. Is, is their great? defense is fantastic. Yeah. Joel Embiid's one of the best rim protectors, and their length is insane. Uh, and that's it's also culture from Brett Brown of defensive culture. Uh, Even when they, they were, were winning, seem, I'm not a def-
1: I'm I'm big basketball metrics guy, but they don't seem like they're an incredibly good defense to me.
0: They're a matchup nightmare, mm. and it's proven um, at points of this playoffs. But Jerry Stackhouse has humbled himself. And learned how to run a franchise. As much as we can joke about the Raptors' inability to win in the playoffs, maybe that's a Dwayne case. Maybe that's just Demar Derozan. I don't know. That's a good franchise and a well-run franchise that he saw the inner workings of
1: for, remember like for three the, years. Six years ago, remember where the Raptors were? Raptors sucked for a long time. In between Chris Bosh, yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> I mean, even, even with Chris Bosh,
0: they were, weren't great. They, they weren't they, a good team. Yeah, they just made the playoffs. Like, <laughs> so I, I like Jerry Stackhouse. And when people say my final argument here. People say, oh, he's never coached in the NBA before. This is why I don't like that. All the other coaches who have coached in the NBA before have been let go because they weren't doing a great job.
1: I'm with you. You're arguing the same point I am. Um, I like Kenny Smith. I like the idea of Jer- I don't know anything about their coaching styles, uh, but I, my top three candidates uh, from a very uneducated outside perspective as I have uh, would be, you know, Wright, St- uh, Smith, and... Uh, in Stackhouse,
0: so I think and Isaiah Thomas. Let's set this up like you do college applications. I want right? to laugh at that. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> I almost didn't hear you. Um, let's set it up like college applications. You have your safety schools, you have your your targets, and you have your reaches. I think Jay Is Wright. Ben
1: Gundy still there? Is he on the table even though? Uh, uh, sure.
0: Okay. I, I'll put him in the reach category because I just don't think he's super available. Okay. I think Mark Jackson's a safe pick because his his ceiling. Sure, it could be high, but like. It'll satisfy fans, and that's why it's a safe pick. He may be gone in three years, and they may be good after. They may not. He's a safe pick because it'll satisfy fans, and he won't get criticized until he does bad on the job. I think another safe pick is uh, David Fisdale. He's oof. a guy oof, who it won't get a large amount of criticism because he's very liked around the league. People talk him up like crazy. Players talk him up like crazy. He's had one bad relationship in his career, and it's with Marcus Hall.
1: Can I interject? Sure. Um, he would not be able to handle New York. There's no shot. That guy can't handle. It. He couldn't handle five seconds of criticism in Memphis, Tennessee. He ain't handling five minutes. That wasn't of New York.
0: criticism. Whatever. It that was, was him criticizing was. the refs.
1: Yeah, that guy cannot. He gets. He clearly will never be able to handle New York, ever. Out on and what do you really? I mean, how how good of a coach was he?
0: I mean, he took a team that played like twenty-five different players throughout the season to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, with loads of injuries. I mean, Jeff Hornacek was a pretty good coach for the Suns. You know, he took a pretty injury-ridden team, and
0: well, some could say Jeff Hornacek was a safe
1: pick. He was a safe pick.
0: I'm, I'm so, following a safe so, pick. So David Fizdale's a safe guy. I think. I think the the target guys include Jerry Stackhouse, and Kenny Smith, and I mean
1: reach or or you're expect, like that's target. That's okay. realistic.
0: If they want to accept it, like they're going to be available. It's up. It's basically up to the offer, and if they if they take it or not. I think they're I think they're targets though. They're not too high, not too low. They're a little risky, but they're they're known names. They're no, they're somewhat of known basketball commodities, despite their lack of coaching experience. Um, and then the reaches I would include Van Gundy and Jay Wright, based off of lack of availability. Like, there's no rumor that Jay Wright is gonna leave. It's only started by fans and journalists. Well, I mean, you can't get mad at a journalist. Not thing. journalists. Blog boys. Is that who who broke that? Nobody. No, nobody said no, it. I'm, get, I'm getting notifications the only, from the, ESPN. The, the, the notification the was that the Knicks will probably reach out to him. Not that he was available or interested. Yeah.
1: I mean, again, I I hate Jay Wright, but I, <laughs> I, I think he'd be a great fit for the Knicks, especially when they draft uh, Mikhail Bridges. Lock that up, by the way. I
0: think another target guy would be David Blatt. No. No. David Blatt has a horrible reputation because of LeBron James. Yeah, I know. And just like Mike Woodson, who's also you- maybe in the target realm, they have an offensive system that they were not able to put in place because of a star who ran
1: whatever offensive I don't want somebody who's been out of the league for more than a year. But you also say you want a coach that never coached before. That's why. That's the opposite of... You couldn't get a job in that time. That's my whole theory. That's my whole idea. Last
0: year was actually the first year that no coaches got fired.
1: Really? There was no turnover. Earl Watson got fired like four games into the season, but he didn't get fired in the summer. Uh. Uh, yeah, but I don't want someone who's been recently fired and couldn't get a job for the past couple of years. I don't want that. It, there's a difference between getting someone who hasn't been in the league because they got fired or hasn't been in the league because they haven't gotten a shot yet. Right. Um, I want someone who hasn't gotten a shot yet.
0: Blatt hasn't gotten a shot in two and a half years. He had a
1: shot. It didn't work out.
0: and He made it to the
1: finals and then had him in first place. He didn't have that. That wasn't a coach. But he, if, he was, if he was as good of a candidate as we're making him out to be, he would have got a job by then. Apparently...
0: There's a few people out there who have been waiting for the Knicks job to open, including Mark Jackson and David Blatt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't buy that. Isn't that kind of weird, though, to think about? I, I don't think – I think the Knicks job is a really wanted job. I, I do. I think that – um, you know, like Steve Kerr probably, they were a legitimate option for him. If but the it, Warriors weren't there. Yeah, if the, <laughs> if, if the Warriors didn't have that foundation already, and I don't know how how good Steve Kerr would have been outside of that. Uh, outside of the It Warriors, was a perfect storm. Yeah, it worked that well for him. But I think people really want to want to coach the Knicks. I think people want to play for the Knicks. I don't think people want to come here as a as a free agent right now because it's a kind of a crap show, but people would love to be drafted by the Knicks. You know, people want to coach for the Knicks. People want to work for the Knicks. Think about how many people in this draft alone said outward. That they wanted to be drafted by the Knicks. Who,
0: Dennis Smith Jr., Malik Monk, and Donovan Mitchell all said they wanted to be drafted by the Knicks. Who
1: wouldn't want to be the guy that, that fixes the franchise?
0: That's what people have been this is, I I've jokingly said it because I know it's never gonna ever happen. But that should have been LeBron. Right? Like if Boy, he, would he if, if he came here for uh, I always with the said the decision? decision. I think it's like a a really like crappy like sports conversation to say LeBron to the Knicks, because it's I think it's super unrealistic. But on a really basic hypothetical level, if he wants to pass Michael Jordan, like, actually pass him where, like, no one's really doubting it anymore, make the Knicks good. Like, that. that is a feat like no other.
1: I, I Well, I mean, he made the Cavs good. Um, fair fair uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really fair. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I already I, – I I, know that I sound like a crazy person, and I, I recognize this going in. I would 100% root against LeBron. I've got to ask that question the other day from a Magic fan in my office from Orlando. Uh, Thank God you put that caveat he's from Orlando. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's a Magic fan, not from Orlando, it's yeah.
0: like, oh, so you liked Shaq um, when my, you were a kid my, and then you were like just stuck with it for some reason? Actually,
1: my, my roommate from college, he grew up just being, a, he's a huge basketball fan, but he grew up being a Kevin Garnett fan because he was fr- originally from Minnesota. But then he moved out of Minnesota, so he followed KG when he went to Boston. Then once KG wasn't in the league anymore, he moved down at, from after college to Orlando. He's like, I, you know, I'm just going to be a Magic fan now. Based off vicinity. Yeah. He's, so <laughs> so he's, he's a big Magic. He has like season tickets he bought for like $50. Uh,
0: I mean, he can see NBA basketball
1: like all the time for, for $50. For he, he bought a Black Friday deal for season tickets. <laughs> I was insane. laughing at him. Uh, where were we? <laughs> oh, LeBron, and, <laughs> and and I I just have such hatred in my heart uh, for certain athletes, and I don't think I've ever had one as badly as uh, as LeBron James. I remember when Kevin Uchilas came to the to the Yankees, and I, I actively rooted for him to get injured. Uh, and then he did. Which and is was, a horrible thing. Though, uh, just uh, say out loud. Yeah, uh, whatever, dude. I, 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 there's so many fans like me that actually root for other people's injuries. I'm I'm sick of hiding about it. I if just, they're I not just, on just, my team, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> screw them. I'm so, I hate that attitude. I know you hate my attitude with that, but screw it. They're not on my team. They're, they're professional athletes. They're, they're still getting paid. They're still making millions of dollars. They don't care.
0: Whatever. I'm not even arguing that right now. I'm literally <laughs> not even going to. But I, there. I
1: would actively root against LeBron, and I think I would actually have to um, question my fandom for the Knicks.
0: I can't. I can't. I mean, like, I I'm not a LeBron much. hater. Like, you don't even think he's, like, a cool person. You don't think anything. I, th- I think that's why I hate him is how lame <laughs> he is. The
1: wor- he's, like, just a crappy person. Like, you don't hate him as a basketball player. No, he's an incredible basketball player. You're just like, I just don't like that guy. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, when people say, like, I I, I always hear people say about how old Odell is, like, how could you want him on your team? And, like, I, I would, I, I, never understood that. But then I was thinking about LeBron. I'm like, yeah, I would never want him on my team. He's the worst. But you
0: started with him, so you're okay with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, I think that's what I, I just don't want something like that, some trash like that coming to my city. Uh,
0: nah, whatever, we got off topic there.
1: No, nah, that's the topic I wanted to talk
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the Cavs actually real quick before we say goodbye for like two more minutes. But let's finish out these targets and reaches and safeties. Sure. Safeties. I think Mark Jackson, I think Fizdale, I think maybe even Blatt. Blatt's a mix between safety and a target. But I think these target guys should be the likes of Stackhouse and Kenny Smith. Take a chance, let them grow. Don't fire them after a bad year or two bad years. I mean, unless of course if it's like people are fighting on the bench, it's a different story. But if they seem to be building a culture, really starting to get to know these players, that's another thing about Jerry Stackhouse that I've been reading that he's a very big on connecting with his players. And like you can say that about anybody, but like I'm gonna give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's been like buying into coaching a G League team, and 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 like buying into those guys who he's lucky the three of them made the league. You know what I mean? So Are we still
1: paying Derek Fisher and Jeff Hornacek next year, next season?
0: Absolutely. But th- it doesn't hit the cap, so that's actually money you don't have to care about.
1: No, I don't care. It's just crazy. Like this <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Knicks should stop worrying about that right now. This
0: might have been Fisher's last year on contract, actually.
1: He had a five-year deal when he first got it. What a stupid deal. Oh. So maybe he has one more. <laughs> oh, no. It's stupid. What an idiot. <sighs> um, All right, so my turn? Shout out Phil Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Be- your turn. Go. Wow, Phil Jackson, man. <laughs> we don't really talk about that anymore. We still should. Okay, so my safety, my safeties, which I would not accept an offer to unless I had to. Uh, Mark Jackson and um, uh, Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson, more of a I don't want to at all, just because he's on the list. But I w- uh, I have to include him. Why do you not like Mike Woodson? I, I'm just, you, you don't want you, her, you don't want to go, go backwards. Recycled? What's what's exciting about Mike Woodson? What the hell is exciting about Mike Woodson? He hasn't had the best season in the past 12 years as a Knicks coach. He had a great team around him. And then he st- then we let him, we sucked the next year, we was honest, didn't we? Uh, I mean, the
0: year where Melo played no games. Yeah, he played like 20, okay, 30 games, so yeah.
1: What has he done before and after that? Nothing.
0: He's been an assistant coach. I Wasn't mean, he, he a head coach? He coached so the, the Hawks. Him, yeah, he was um, head coach of the Hawks. And they made the playoffs. They were just nothing good, though.
1: I'm out of Mike Woodson. The okay.
0: reason why I, I'm happy he's getting an interview, he got fired basically, but just because there was a new regime. He didn't do anything bad, like wrong
1: bad. Jeff Hornacek.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like Hornacek, the hand he was dealt, if we're talking cards, wasn't a good hand. He would have he would have folded. You know what I mean? But he had to play the hand, and it didn't go it didn't go well. Obviously. Yeah. Same with Woodson uh, towards the end, and then Phil Jackson came in and was like, "I want my own guy." Thanks, Mike. See you later. You know, so he kind of deserves the and he's actively said that he would love to be back. That job meant the world to him and this and that. So, like, it's good he's in the door. I'm happy he's in the door. And I wouldn't I wouldn't ever be like, God damn it, Mike Woodson. I'd be
1: like, oh, Mike, Mike Woodson. Fine. Yeah. All right. So I guess my targets, uh, I I would put Van Gundy in there uh, if he's if he's in there. Uh, I'm just assuming they're all available to interview. Uh, I'd also put Kenny Smith. Uh, and uh, I don't know enough about Stackhouse. So your reaches, I'm my re- in my mind a reach is just like a school. I don't really plan on getting into, nor do I really know that I want to get into there. So I'm gonna put in. I'm gonna put in Jerry Stackhouse. I don't know enough about him. Okay. Yeah. Most people don't. Uh, is there anybody else on the list? Uh, Fisdale Blatt, and Wright. Oh, I'm out on Fisdale, and Blatt and Wright. Oh, who's, not Wright. Who's Wright? Like, who's J-, J Wright, Jay Wright dude. Oh, J Wright. Oh, yeah. No, J Wright's on a, on a, a reach, but I'm into it. Even though I hate him, <laughs> you hate Nova. I hate Nova. But I hate Nova. I mostly hate Nova because of him. <laughs> I don't like him, but he's he's meant for New York. I mean, look at that guy. That guy is living, he's, breathing he's George Sh- Clooney. Yeah, he, he's but he's he's like Showtime. Like you know, look, he, he's uh, he's all that pageantry and showmanship. He says he's he, he says the right things. He says the wrong things, but I'm I'm kind of fine with it if he's on the Knicks. He's not LeBron for me. I wouldn't hate him if he came to the Knicks. Okay. But I hate him now.
0: <laughs> Anything that has to do with Villanova. Um, it's good stuff. I mean, we have to say, they're interviewing this week, so maybe by the end of the week, <coughs> maybe by Monday, Tuesday, before the NFL draft, we're going to learn about the new Knicks coach. I mean, I hope we find out
1: soon. Oh, they said they were going to take a while. They said they're not going to rush into this. Good. I like Perry Mills. I'm, with that. I'm, I'm cool with the Perry Mills leadership. Yeah. Can they interview Aaron Boone? Maybe take him away from me? <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Maybe the Yankees can get in on this interview process.
0: Oh, man. All right. Last thing we got to talk about here. Do the Cavs win this series, and if they do, is it uh, like an easy series or are they fighting the whole way through? Uh,
1: I think you kind of answered your whole your own question there. I think that they – let's probably go six or seven. I think the Cavs win. I'm not shocked if the Pacers do win. Uh, I don't think the Cavs are good. Uh, but what I do think is that they're going to lose the next round because they're going to be – LeBron's so never – you think had, the Raptors are going to beat them? What? The Raptors would be them. Oh wow! I didn't realize it would be the Raptors. Yeah. Ugh, that's like that's like an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. But, uh, <laughs> but the, that's
0: also the part of the thing about the East, and this is why I picked the Cavs to go to the finals. Like, maybe the Pacers are a tough match for them, but are the Pacers specifically easier or tougher than the Bucks, Celtics, or maybe the Sixers? The Sixers are maybe the toughest. I don't know.
1: Bucks are bad. Uh, talk about bad hands. I mean, they, they should be they should be rolling through this playoffs <laughs> the way that, with that team. They, they that you can't you can't get rid of Jason Kidd to have him as your head coach. What's his name? Joe Prunty. No one <laughs> no one remembers this guy's no one, name. Poor guy. Because yeah, he's a meaningless person. Like, if you're gonna get rid of Jason Kidd, but, don't let that guy mid, be in charge. Mid season? Yeah, don't let that guy be in charge. Because that guy will never win
0: you a championship. Yeah, it's rough. Brad Stevens is winning this series. Terry rozier has been insane. Jalen Brown, whatever. Jason Tatum's been eh. But the Cavaliers. So make make your pick. I'm I'm putting you on the spot. You said uh, Make my pick for the series? For the series and then against the Raptors. Make your pick.
1: Series, I'm gonna say sixty percent chance the Cavs win, forty percent chance they lose. Um and the
0: odds are uh, <sighs> better than that in Vegas, by the way. They're minus like two sixty or something like that. Yeah. Probably, so probably worse now probably like minus three hundred now after they won tonight.
1: Yeah. Um but whatever. I mean just you, I'm just they saying won, they lost on the road. Um, that's huge. You, mm-hmm. you lose game one on the road. That's huge. It's It really changes things. I don't care if it's LeBron. That team is not good. It's not a good team.
0: Even when they got to an insane start, got off to an insane start, Pacers screen back and made it a really close game. They lost by three. It was really like six, but whatever.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that they lose in the next round if it's against the Raptors. I hate to say it. I, I just don't think. I think LeBron's going to do LeBron things. Cavs in seven? Yeah, Cavs and, no, i say Cavs and Six, um, but I think that they're all tight games. Like, this was even the tight game tonight, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that they're just going to be – I don't think that team's good. I think LeBron's going to get his, but I think they're going to lose. I think that they're going to lose in the second round, and then it's going to be a really weird uh, finals, uh, conference finals. Yeah,
0: Sixers versus Raptors maybe, or like Celtics-Raptors. Ew,
1: if it's Six, well – Sixers are exciting right now. I know, but I don't trust the Sixers. They look bad against I mean, the they Heat. They have to beat the Heat. They look. They're one one. They're they, one one they right now. Ba- they look bad in that second game. The Heat took one on the road. Kev- Kevin, Hart the Bolster, Kev- Kevin Hart took one to the chin. Eric Bolster, good coach. Uh, Kevin Hart took one to the chin.
0: I love that. I love because Kev- where was Kevin Hart that, when the Sixers that's, were? That's
1: Reggie Miller versus Spike Lee. Where's, where was Kevin Hart when the Sixers were bad? I think he was still there. I mean, Will, was a, Will Smith was, was, was still <laughs> there. I remember watching crappy games the Sixers with Will Smith being there all the time. That's fair actually, you're right. I, I remember there's a game Which where
0: nobody's watching James it. James Harden like dropped like 50 on the Sixers. I
1: mean, you say this like but like Spike Lee's at every Knicks game like Ben Stiller's. There's plenty of people at the Knicks games every game. Chris and, Rock. Yeah, like they're still there. So if they if they were to get shown Ansel
0: Egg, Eggsort, what's his name? Eggert. Yeah, Eggert. Ansel Eggert, I think. Egg- and I Leslie
1: Jones. Uh, I got to tell you something about Leslie Jones, after this. she got a green lift for a movie. Uh, uh they're making an SNL movie about her, mm. and I was like, oh, I don't think she's that funny. And they're talking about how brave she is or whatever. I'm like, oh, whatever, yada yada yada. And then they were saying that this will fix the 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 disaster that was McGruber. And I turned my my closed my app laptop because where did you see this on AV Club, which is one of my favorite sites. McGruber is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. I, I watch that all the time and laugh hysterically. You don't think you've ever seen it? No. You need to watch McGruber. It's like the funniest. It's one of the top five funniest movies I've ever seen. All right. It's made well, by the Lonely I'll, Island guys. I'll maybe think about it. I'll maybe think about it. Fuck, watch it.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> Alec, good stuff. Sure. Um, Yankees, who they got the series coming up?
1: Toronto. Toronto, big series. Oh, yeah. Four game series. Got to win at least 3
0: Big Can't split Big it. series. Mets got a big win against Nationals last night. Cavs got a big win uh, at home. Now they're going to Indiana. NBA playoffs will continue, and we
1: will be back. Oh wait, one more thing. On what? We're on the Sa- Saquon Barkley train, baby. No, I'm not, baby. I'm
0: not. You'll hear me on Sunday. Give me Saquon. I mean Recording the NFL Draft podcast Sunday night, Monday morning drop full NFL Draft. You know, mock whatever, whatever we want to call it. We're talking NFL Draft this Monday on the Sports New York podcast. But Al, any last words, Al? No,
1: but that was a nice little tease, tease for me, right? To set up the little segue. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's big time. All right, dude. All right, baby. Let's go, Yanks. Have a good day. Let's go, Mets. Let's Peace. go. Let's go, Knicks. Uh, front office, make the right choice.